It is the X-Men, and this is the Weird Science Marvel Comics podcast, episode 173, an X-Men catch-up show that is a little late and maybe a dollar short. We'll see. We'll see by the end. But let me tell you where you can find us before we jump into all of this X stuff. You can find us over on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. We also have a website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we end up reviewing all of the new books. And there are books coming out. If you're not aware of that right now, there are digital-only books coming out. And as I record this on a Tuesday morning... We will be having new reviews come up on a Wednesday morning. Usually the reviews hit at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday. We also have a Patreon account if you want to support us for all these podcasts and get a bunch more, including Marvel stuff, obviously, but also some DC stuff, some manga stuff, some non-comic stuff, all of that all rolled up in the one over at patreon.com slash weird science and one of the things that we do each and every week me and brandon we end up reviewing two books we have a marvel comics patreon only spotlight podcast so we end up having two books that are picked by the bed butts of the fresh start crew beep boop and last week they ended up picking ant-man number four which came out a new digital only ant-man number four and also star wars dr afra 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 I don't know what happened. I was like Peter Brady there with my voice. But that is a book that will be coming out print and digital a little later in the month, but was released digitally early on May the 4th, Star Wars Day. And just as an aside, I had no idea anything about Dr. Aphra. I'm a big Star Wars fan. I'm a a big original trilogy Star Wars fan, but never actually read any Dr. Aphra. And as a thing... I thought Dr. Afro was D- Darth Vader's personal physician. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's what I thought. And then when I read it, realizing that Dr. Afro is actually more of an Indiana Jones meets Star Lord in the Star Wars universe, I was hooked. I-, I liked it a lot. So if you want to hear me talk about that, because last week's spotlight actually was just me. Brandon took a breather. He might have been drunk. I'm not sure, but he took a breather and it was me doing Ant-Man number four, which is another book that I wish more people would read or would have read. So it could have continued more. I think it's a pretty good book. It's got a sense of humor to it. But also this coming up week, the poll is already out for the bad butts to pick this week's patreon only spotlight and what they are picking right now it looks like it's going to be hawkeye freefall number five coming out digitally tomorrow as i record this and also a classic werewolf by night number 32 from 1975 actually the introduction of moon Knight. so those two are probably going to be it looks like they are going to be the spotlight but we're not here just to talk about that right Or are we? I don't know. But we're here to talk about X-Books, actually. And we're going to start with a book 
that I really didn't want to talk about the number one. I ended up doing it because of Asada Geek. I'm still shaking my fist at him, even though I ended up liking Fallen Angels number one is what I'm talking about. Fallen Angels number two, eh, it's I'm not in love with it. I, I didn't love it. It just kind of meanders a little. It's taking its time. And knowing now that it is only a limited series, it is kind of getting to me like, why don't you get moving here? Though, it is very similar to Brian Hill's approach that he's doing still on the Batman and the Outsiders over at DC. He likes to have these issues where all of a sudden you just stop and have people talk to each other. But a lot of the talking is already what we already got in the first issue. It, it seems like every issue, it is MC Scat Cat. It, it, one step forward, one step back. A lot of times the way he does pace out a book, but knowing that there is an end there, that it's a limited series, it kind of gets to me a little more probably than it would have if I read it right when it was coming out. Uh, and this is. Again, Fallen Angels number two, and it is written by Brian Hill, art by Simon Kodransky, colors by Frank Damata, Darmata, letters by VCs Joe Sabino. I can read names, right? No, I can't. I'm not very good at that. But we're going to continue the whole deal of Psylocke going forward. This book was set up to pretty much give you Psylocke until after, and then she goes off and does other things. Brian Hill, I actually talked to him about this book while it was coming out because it was originally just supposed to be a mini series, and Marvel told him not to announce that. They weren't allowed to say that because they were afraid that if that was the case, if everybody knew that, they wouldn't buy it. They would think, well, all these other books are more important. I'll deal with those. It still ended up not doing that well, but then also once it was announced and almost announced as a way that made Brian Hill look bad. But he had already told them, hey, I can only do this amount of issues. I'm going to be going off and doing something else. And they were fine with that. But, hey, don't say anything right away. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it later. And, yeah, once it was announced, it almost seemed like, oh, Brian Hill failed. Oh, he did this. It, it, whether or not you like the book, this is what the plan was. It's just to bring Psylocke back bring her in, up to speed and then off into other things. So if, if you look at it in that sort of vein, it, it isn't as bad uh, as it is, but it's still, it does feel like it needs to get going already. It needs to be bigger. It needs to have something going. It has Laura X 23 in it. One of my favorite characters of all time. So this should be the book and kid cable love kid cable. I, I really going into this. I didn't have much of a background of Psylocke, but I even like Sila, it's just they're kind of standing around a little. They're kind of not doing anything. You do end up having a bunch of flashbacks to show you the badass assassin Quanon deal of Psylocke where she really just was slicing and dicing through a bunch of people. But also while it goes on in these flashbacks, you see that she also had a heart. And she really does seem to have that bit of a, you know, part of her heart that if you're pregnant and I'm supposed to kill you, maybe I won't because of what happened to her, things like that. But you start off with an extended scene of her slicing and dicing in the past as the assassin Quan. And, and it, it, there's the action. Now, that's fine. And the action looks good. I will give Simon Kodransky some props here. I'm not a big fan, but I don't mind it here. And when you go into this book, 
It is a darker color palette. It's very black and purple, which actually it it makes it seem different. It it actually pops a bit off of the page, especially if you're reading it like I do digitally on a tablet. It looks it looks pretty cool. But again, the action is in the past. I want to see the team. I want to see Cable, Laura, Psylocke. And you even start off when you do get to the present on Krakoa. The idea of, well, we don't really want Cable in, do we? We had this the first issue. Well, this issue, you're going to get Cable in. But even at the beginning, Psylocke doesn't want to do what Cable wants to do, which seems pretty cool. And then we just end up doing that by the end anyway. So there's this weird pace, like, why don't we just go to Cable, say, hey, what's going on? Well, I have a contact, and they went dead, and they're killing kids, and it looks like there's big mecha things from, like, War of the Worlds. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. But it waits until the end to do that, and you get more of this, you know, pretty much just talk, and the talk seems to drag it down a bit. You get Laura talking to Psylocke about what it is to be angry. And, hey there, Psylocke, uh, I had this part in me that I never really could talk to people about because, you know, they wouldn't understand my anger. All I sat there is like, you didn't talk to Gabby about this? Come on. Come on now. But she says, once I saw your mind, when you opened up your mind to me, I saw that you would understand. I see that you have the same thing. It's going to continue this whole thing with these characters needing Something more than paradise Paradise to them is not paradise They are assassins They are people who are not happy Just to sit there and twiddle their thumbs And go to the What I like to still call the Krakoan burning man And dance around the fire This is not going to give them their paradise Now there is a bit in this issue That I really like Because Psylocke then goes off To talk to Kid Cable Who is at the burning man but and he says and and the the bits uh, and pieces of character moments in here I do like enough I do like when Kid Cable keeps going to Burning Man and thinks eventually I I want to see and I want to feel you know the happiness that they feel I want to get to that point where I can just settle down on Krakoa and enjoy myself but he can't he keeps going there and he's not feeling anything. He's getting restless, plus he has heard that one of his contacts has gone dead in Brazil, and it's this whole deal with overclock. It is an overclock factory where they are producing that with kids because they got the little fingers they does, and he wants to just go and crush everybody there. He wants to be bone crushing. Psylocke does say, you know, what's going on here? And he says, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I'm trying to get in tune with all this, but I have this contact that's gone down. Can we go get that? Can I join your team? We'll go there. And she says, no, that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're here for. The only thing that I want to do is go off and fight Apoth. We have to find Apoth, not the people that his work is done by, things like that. We need to go to the source. And it does piss off Kid Cable. He says, well, then I'm just going to go myself. Now, there is a neat little thing here, or an important little thing that Psylocke says to him. Listen, when we leave Krakoa, we are in danger of not being allowed back. We are in danger of Krakoa turning on us. So when we leave, it cannot be for just, you know, 
go out for a pack of smokes. You know, you can't do that. You, you can't go out for something that isn't the biggest thing. You're, we're risking everything going out each time. So we have to go out. The big thing, APOC, though, by the end, again, they go anyway. But you have that kid cable walks away, says, well, then I'm just going to go off on my own. I'm going to go off on my own. I don't want people to suffer like this. Goes off. Well, then you see Dazzler, who's in the book. Dazzler just comes up. Hey there, what up, Psylocke? Uh, You know, you don't look like you're having fun. And that's what I'm all about. I am an entertainer. I am a singer. I can even dance a little. I know the dance steps. And here we go. Why aren't you smiling? That's my job. And you end up with Psylocke. Well, you know, joy isn't exactly what makes everybody happy. uh, But I could use a friend. And that's what you have, Dazzler. You look like you could use a friend. And like, yeah, I could use friend walks off. That's all you get of Dazzler. And I I want more of Dazzler. And I'm sure we're going to get more of Dazzler. Uh, But yeah, there's that little bit there a little sexual tension there if i if i say so myself you get another quanon back story flashback where she does end up letting this lady go she had to she had to kill a a man and a woman ended up killing the man then went to his wife and could not kill her ends up setting her up trying to get her to china and set her up with money all these things the lady does get caught. They said they ended up finding her and torturing her, but she did not sell out Psylocke or Quan. And, and that's, you know, pretty big. You go back to the present at Bar Sinister, where Mr. Sinister continues again. It's just continuing this plotting talk. And this goes back to, well, you know, what was going on when Betsy had your body and oh well we were like two butterflies in the same cocoon and we were doing this and and just like well you know if you want redemption you know later i'll explain while that's so foolish but i am going to help you out go off and you know find your desires whatnot and that's where psylocke goes off and says to kid cable yo why don't we just go are you sure that this intel that you had is it accurate you know kid cable says yes it is and off they go they go cable kid cable psylocke x23 laura they go off to sal amateus brazil and again it is a thing with psylocke i think that if you want to convince her to do anything even if you're lying just say kids are involved oh yeah you know i'm really mad at walmart because i went and got some bread and when i got home it was moldy and then that doesn't make it. Oh, and they're bad to kids. Off we go to Walmart. I don't know why I'm targeting Walmart here. But yeah, anytime there's kids, family, whatnot, it seems like Psylocke will be triggered to go. They end up going off to this overclock factory slash prison. I mean, it really does look like an internment camp type deal here as they go. And we have already seen that they, you know, Apoth is using kids before with the first issue. Well, they go in, they're trying to see what's going on. They're trying to sense what's in this. Things are being blocked. They can't really get a bead on it. Kid Cable can't really figure out anything. All of a sudden, the War of the Worlds big giant robot attack deal just comes up and starts blasting them. And that's where we end. And you end up with a really cool cliffhanger. It looks really great, that cliffhanger. But to get there, you're just going through the same things again. You're going through these character moments that we kind of already got. And some of these you could have had going on as you go off to 
Brazil as you're fighting some of these things you know Laura saying hey I have this anger whatever that that could have been mixed into another scene the idea of you know Dazzler just it just it needs something it needs a better pacing it needs to get going the art again I'm pretty you know pretty impressed by especially because I'm not a huge Simon Kodransky fan but I do like it in this but still I can only give it a six out of ten uh, it, it needs something more. It really does need a little more of a combo of action and dialogue, action and character to go forward and mean something more. But I'm going to go off now to the next round of the number threes now because we're going to go to X-Men number three. All right, next men number three is written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Laniel Francis Yu. Inks by Jerry Allen-Guillian and Laniel Francis Yu. Color artist by Sonny Go and Rain Barreto. And letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And when this came out, I do remember people calling it the Golden Girls episode or the Golden Girls issue. And that's pretty much what it is. What you end up having here are a bunch of old ladies forming a group or having a group called Horticulture. And they end up commandeering and shutting down the gates of the Savage Lands as they go and pretty much put all of the mutants that are there harvesting the flowers in the Savage Lands. They use this gas that looks more like pink sludge on them. They are depowered. They are put out of commission while these old ladies can bicker. You know, almost say curse words, but say something like, you're a real B word. No, you're an F word. No, you're an H word. No, you're a Z word. They they say all that. and Nobody ever should call anybody the C word, right? How dare you? That is true. And they're they're doing it. And so you, you keep going with this. And it's Lily, Edith, Augusta, and Opal. And they're fun enough. They're nice. It's a change of pace. It's odd. It actually is an odd issue to kind of jump in. And now three issues into this X-Men main title, they just seem like one shots, one shots that end up making me scratch my head, almost like I'm CNC Music Factory and I'm things that make me go, hmm, if you know what I'm talking about. And it ends up putting a brakes on things, especially thinking that this main X-Men book should be the biggest book of the bunch. And it does end up being very jokey. I had a smile on my face at points, but it, it dials back the importance of this whole Dawn of X deal in my mind. It, it's very odd the way this X-Men book is being done, at least up to this point, by old Hickman. Uh, But you do find out some important information among the jokes and the Golden Girls look and things like that because we do then move on to Krakoa and the mutants finding out that, hey, this gate has been taken over. It's been shut down. We can't get to the Savage Lands. And there's that thing here, though, that that's more important than, say, what we were told before where – you ended up having the Russian, you know, military outside the one gate, not allowing people to get through or back and forth. This is actually a, you know, a hacking of the gate, which ends up giving Krakoa a headache, which then gives all the psychics a headache, a legitimate headache, because you end up having Krakoa is feeding off of these psychics. And when this, this closed system 
has a anomaly in it. This whole deal with the gates and everything with it, it did end up making Krakoa kind of sick, has a cold, has a headache, has all these things going on, and it's not a good thing. Plus the idea that somebody has hacked into one of the gates, that is a bad thing as well, especially because this hasn't happened yet. This is something new. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And the Quiet Council is talking about this, end up getting Scott there, Jeans, and all the Quiet Council are there. You get some good interactions between Jean and Emma. Uh, It's funny. It's kind of a antagonistic slash... You know, I'm just going to put you in your place slash you want to go get a drink later. Yes. okay. And there's the one line about you end up having Emma say, hey, I I could, you know, lend you some shoes, but they'd probably be a little small for you. And then Jean's like, well, I'm not actually the one who borrows things. That's more of your thing, right? She means Scott. It was pretty good. But yeah, I I got a chuckle out of that. And I got a I got a better you know, fun, not fun, but I had more the importance with the interactions of the mutants. When we get to the Golden Girls, I just end up like, all right, this is odd. It's it's fun little dialogue, but oh, well, but they have to get to the Savage Lands with this gate shut down. And I say they, and I, I mean you end up having Sebastian Shaw, Cyclops, and Emma are going to go off and see what is going on. And what they end up doing is going to the Australian outback to find our man Gateway. He's there in his homelands. He's out. And I, I feel bad for Gateway uh, only because with this whole Krakoan system of gates and things like that, he kind of doesn't need to be around too much. Uh, it, this is where he's going to show his worth. At the end, Emma even says to him, you can't a, you've been a real great help here. And we see, yeah, without him. They would have been screwed, but he can teleport them. He can make a gateway to the Savage Lands, and that's what he does. They pop out into the Savage Lands. As you see, these golden girls are collecting the flowers, and they're golden girls in, like, mecha suit kind of things, you know? So it it is a a really cool look, but they come out like, oh, there's old ladies here. I don't want to attack old ladies. They're going to have to because we've already seen that these old ladies can take down mutants with this crazy gas gel that they have. And you end up having Emma like, okay, what's going on? They introduce themselves. We're horticulture. You end up having Sebastian Shaw as a joke. What? Horticulture? Oh, my. And they're like, no, no, you know, we don't want to talk about what Augusta was doing off in Kansas, right? I mean, that, and she's like, I can't help it. I like married men. I like to take their stuff. I get, that's fun, but I, I, I expect something bigger in this book. Though it, it does end up wrapping up by the end, feeling bigger, at least by the end, just the threat and what it means. But to have all these jokes and things in it just it did throw me off. Well, you're going to end up having Emma say, Scott, can you can you just blast these ladies? I mean, this is nonsense. And Sebastian steps up and says, no, allow me. And he got, and he's trying to swoon them. He's up and like, well, ladies, you know, I, I love it. The one thing I do love, he's like, you know, me, you know, things are. I like the fancy stuff in life. I like the ladies. I like the food. But, you know, I like the steak. But you, you guys are a little too seasoned to steak, if you know what I mean. I'm like, stop it, Sebastian. You're going to get pissed off. But he is trying to 
Swoonman here, and he says, maybe we can come up with a compromise. You are stealing from us. But we can overlook that a little. Now, in this, they don't really know what the horticulture is really up to at this point. And what they're up to, there's not any compromise that you should have. They're going to, in a roundabout way down the line, it's world domination is what they want to do through the you know, commandeering and taking the food supply of the world, letting billions of people die because they think there's too many people, and then figure out who should live and who should die. They they really are more evil than their Golden Girls persona is showing here, but some may actually think that what they're saying is the right way, right? Who knows? Uh, but he ends up, you know, we'll let you steal we won't call it stealing though because you'll be down with us but what we need from you then in return and this goes with sebastian and the hellfire company if you have been reading all the books and listening to the deal the whole hellfire company is involved in the black market dealings of the flowers and the drugs from krakoa so he knows and he always deals with these deals he is a deal man he's a guy who is gonna work the seedier nature of a thing. So he says, we'll, we'll be able to look past that. You know, we'll, we'll give you some flowers, but what you have to do is tell us how you compromised the gates, the gateways. We think that there's no way to compromise these. They're a closed system of transit. You have shut it down. Krakoa is pissed about it. And if you kind of give us some information, you know, scratch our back, we'll scratch your back. We'll do this. And he's going like, what, what do you say, ladies? And I'm telling you, he is thinking that he is just the most sexy, you know, older man that that you got. He is going to woo them into this. They just shoot him. They shoot him right in the face with this goo stuff. And at this point, it's green. I, I thought for some reason that most of the times it seemed to be changing color. On, but he has this green goop dripping off him. His powers is done. They start kicking the crap out of him. They are going to town on him until scott blasts them ends up knocking him over and now scott he's a nice guy right you know scott and and you end up having the one lady oh my god you broke my hip and i think it's augusta she's the the ladies man Uh, oh my god you know you broke my hip i can't get up i'm hurt oh my god i'm an old lady and he comes over he's like are you okay i'll help you i'm Oh, Scott, why are you doing this? She blasts him. And again, it is kind of a green goop. I don't know why I thought it was pink. Uh, But you end up with this. I think I was just thinking of Gob. But you end up where they he's out of commission. But then you have Emma just ba-boom. She goes all hard and says, this is going to stop. What is going on here? And they explain, oh, oh, you know, the thing that the problem is, is you. You mutants are screwing up our plan, and their plan has been a meticulous plan of pretty much getting their horticulture seeds mixed in with the full world food supply seeds. You end up where they were involved in this, you know, big thing, this big think tank, these biotech companies, all these things that we're going to control the food supply and do things. But they ended up not liking what they were doing, so they ended up making them pretty much mulch. You end up seeing in a pretty cool little, you know, cross section of how they are feeding their new plants. And they are just going to end up controlling the food supply of the world, deciding who eats, who starves, and then thinning out the herd, thinning out the herd. And 
the, the thing is, at this point, they're telling Emma exactly what they're going to do. And then they just pretty much mic drop by saying we have, you know, hacked into these gateways. But that wasn't enough for us to actually figure out how we're going to, you know, take over Krakoa and bend Krakoa to our will. So that's why we needed to get these flowers. We have them now. We're going to study it. And really what we're going to do is we're going to talk to Krakoa afterwards and see if Krakoa might be down with our plan. We're going to see if maybe then, if not, we can bend Krakoa's will. But if Krakoa fights this, well, we're just going to pluck it like a weed. Krakoa is dead, and so are all of you. So at the end, it's that bad butt moment that makes it feel big. And the last two pages or so with the plan of what they are doing, you do end up having our X-Men go back through gateway and and that's where i said emma says just so you know gateway you were a lot of help and i don't know maybe she's throwing shade because he's just sitting there but you end up they go back to the quiet council and emma says we got a problem we got a problem houston and yeah they do it's just yeah horticulture and the golden girls it just seemed a little too jokey at the beginning plus these are things that are just taking a while, especially with all the Xbox. If you're reading all of them, you're going through this, and I need to have some sort of, you know, finish to some things, have a story where I'm like, okay, I got, and everything seems to be, especially in this X Men book, the idea of, well, let's pop into here and kind of set this up, and then let's pop into there and set this up, and let's pop into everywhere and set this up. So you end up. Kind of like, eh, you know, I wish that this felt bigger. I wish that this was the book that when I read it, it would recharge my batteries to go, all right, these are big. Because some of these other side books, you have smaller stories going on with these individual characters and things. Like you end up New Mutants. They're out in space. They're out there in Shire space. So I need to have the X book be the one that is the the rock, the foundation where, boom, we get to number three, and now I'm fired up to go into all the other number threes. Then we get four. Oh, my God, th- this means a lot. you know. And instead, it's like these side stories that kind of make me just shake my head at points, but it's still good enough. I'm giving it a seven out of ten. The, the art's great, and... It does end up big. It's just to get there. It just was a little too jokey. And it's just that little thing with this horticulture. We'll have to see later when and if it ties into, I'm sure it will, but how long will this take to tie into things and stuff like that? Maybe people listening to this are all caught up at the moment. And they're like, well, Jim, it happens to catch up in issue number seven. Well, we'll see how that is going forward. All right, and that is the end of this X-Men catch-up episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to be back with two X-Men catch-up episodes a week now until we do catch up since I am done talking about the Daredevil Born Again series there or story arc. So I hope that you enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed talking about it. Again, we are on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. You follow us, we'll follow you back. We have a website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we review all the new books coming out. And we have a Patreon account, Patreon.com slash WeirdScience. If you go there, you will be supporting us, helping us out, but also getting a ton of shows back in return. Uh, I do end up stressing to people how much we do on there. In April, we had 80 shows 
separate shows. That That is a lot, I would say. And we're having just as many, if not a little bit less in May, but a ton of stuff. I ended up just doing a Marvel events podcast on the Galactus trilogy from Fantastic Four and a lot of other Marvel stuff. Marvel sales podcast, I talked about the sales numbers from March since we haven't had as much or any comics since then but yeah go check it out and if you do check it out now you won't be charged right away you only be charged if you continue on into june and if you quit before then no fuss no muss you never get charged so at least you checked it out but thanks everybody i hope that you're enjoying catching up on the x-men books with me and if you have any comments suggestions or corrections because again i am not a brainiac here I'm not a rocket surgeon of any type, and this X-Men stuff is new to me. So if I'm missing stuff, if I am wrong on some things, please let me know so that I can correct it on the podcast and actually learn a little and go on with that. And so, yeah, thanks, everybody, and I'll talk to you soon.